Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for first place Sporting Kansas City, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and wherever you get your podcasts, we appreciate you downloading and listening wherever you stream your video content, be it on the 810 Facebook page, the 810 YouTube page. Uh, we appreciate you watching us, listening, joining us. As always, I'm Nate Bucati, joined by Carter Augustine and Ali Trost. Carter, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, this this team looks like it's got something special. So it's been a it's been a fun year. Um, and wow, it, it's crazy that uh, the the regular season's finally over, huh? It is crazy. Allie, how are you doing? Same thing. It kind of brought me back to 2018 during that really exciting time where Sporting Kansas City was going into a really strong playoff run, and and that was definitely missed in 2019. So it's good to be back. And I agree with Carter. This team looks like they've got something special and bring on San Jose. I'm excited. So San Jose is the playoff opponent. We know that we know now the time and the date when and where it's going to be on a week from Sunday, November 22nd at three o'clock in the afternoon, one seed versus eight seed. And it's going to be on Fox sports one as well. And uh, I'll tell you what, we got a lot to get to on the show today. Are good, but there we go. We got some background from Carter there with Tim Amelia <laughs> in the snow. Look at that. The orange, he's cradling that orange ball like a precious baby in the snow. Um, that, that is an image right there. And just all of the snow coming down too. That's a wonderful picture there, Carter. Um, we'll talk about that game. We'll talk about the snow game. We'll talk with Elie, our good buddy. Elie. I can't remember the last time we've had him on the show. He was very instrumental in both goals that sporting scored. And, and as Carter and Allie and I have talked a lot through the course of the year. He's just been phenomenal since his return from Barcelona when he went to visit his family and uh, helped deliver Sporting KC this first place finish. And, uh, and we'll look ahead to this playoff game as well. And guys, one of the things I want to start with, chip on the shoulder already for me. I had somebody send me uh, some DraftKings odds. And Sporting Kansas City are seventh favorite at DraftKings to win MLS Cup. Now, we know there's teams in the East that have more points, but teams like Seattle and LAFC are, are favored ahead of them as well. I've heard a lot. I listen to a lot of di- – I'm the nerd that listens to a lot of different sport, uh, MLS podcasts. I know you guys do too. I'm hearing a lot of, 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 of disrespect to Sporting Kansas City, and I heard people making comments about the points per game thing as well. And I'm going to see if you guys even know this because I decided to go ahead and look this up. Do you know where Sporting KC would have finished had – Major League Soccer decided to go with the traditional rankings uh, in terms of points and wins being the first tiebreaker, where Sporting would have finished in the West had they stuck with the traditional points and then wins as a tiebreaker. Uh, First place. Allie held up one finger. Sporting played one fewer game, I believe, than Seattle and two fewer games than Portland, and they still would have finished in first place. All three teams finished with the same number of points. I'm not looking at the standings right now. You guys yeah. could tell me if I'm wrong on that, but Sporting no, right. ended up with more wins and the same number of points. So points per game didn't even end up mattering, even though Sporting played fewer games. Now, look, we know that it's an unbalanced schedule. Sporting didn't play those Cascadia teams much once or, or at all once uh, the season got underway. Uh, they're going to play a San Jose team they haven't seen. We don't know how this thing – I think this this is going to be one of the craziest playoffs ever because of that for all teams around, by the way, not just yeah. for Sporting KC. But yeah, I got a little chip on the shoulder there, Carter. Here we go. Let's go. <laughs> Your first seed and nobody believes in us, you know. We, we, can we hold on to that right now? I, uh, I, I think the chip on the shoulder mentality comes natural to Kansas City, right? And, uh, yeah. yeah, it certainly has it here for Sporting KC. You don't – I'm with you. I don't, I don't feel like many people have been talking about them all year long uh, and, and they wind up top of the, the Western conference. And yeah, maybe that has to do, maybe the reason they're not talking is because they haven't played Seattle and Portland, but um, this team, you know, you can only play the, the, the teams that are put in front of you and they won games in all different manners this year. Um, it's interesting to me because I, I don't think many sporting KC players will be up for major awards and I think that speaks to the depth of the squad throughout the season. Different guys have stepped up, come in. Um, you know, maybe if Polito didn't go away and play for Mexico a couple, uh, and, and get hurt for a little bit, uh, 
you, you wonder if maybe he'd be up at the at the top because of such a phenomenal season he had in so little games. But I, yeah, I think uh, this team has been through a lot this season, as all teams have. But they come out on, on top of the West, and um, I, I think the sky's the limit in the playoffs. But you're right, this playoffs is going to be different than any that we've seen. Um, and no, these <laughs> they're playing a San Jose team they haven't played before. How weird is that? Yeah, you don't often see a number one seed go in as an underdog, if you want to even call it that. But I think that's exactly where Vermees and the sporting team would want to be. I, sometimes it, there's almost a benefit to not being the, the team that's dominating the headlines. And I think that has to do a lot with Carter, like you said, the unbalanced schedule. A lot of people have been talking, well, Sporting Kansas City, like you said, haven't played Portland or Seattle. But going into this postseason now, you've got LAFC and Seattle facing off in the first round, which is going to be a huge matchup. I'm so excited for that game. Portland dealing with two injuries to two of their three DPs, and that's going to, I think, really hurt them going into this stretch. The LAFC question, is, you know, was their season a fluke? Was, you know, where they fell in the standings a, a result of where this team actually is? Or is it going to turn around and be an opposite of what we saw last season where they have a a weaker regular season, but a stronger postseason? And then the the strength of the Eastern Conference. But Sporting Kansas City, as we've talked about, you guys, is at a great spot going into the playoffs right now as far as depth is concerned, as far as health is concerned. Hopefully, Alan Polito uh, on the mend here to be available for that game. But I, I just I, I, I'm excited to talk to Vermees about that because I feel like this is something that Vermees would be like, good, have him overlook <laughs> us. You know, I feel like that that's something yep. that he kind of you know, relishes in. So if anything, I don't think it's going to hurt the sporting team. And it'll have a lot of people eating their words for who they may have considered the best going into this playoffs. I think that the, the home field advantage thing, I, I am so excited for sporting KC to have home field advantage through the Western conference, because back in 2018, when they got the top seed, they didn't have an advantage. They had a disadvantage by being the top seed. And then last year, of course, the format changes and they don't make the playoffs at all. They don't have a chance to take advantage of it. And I just wonder, especially in a year like this, where travel's even more complicated, where a lot of places aren't allowed to have fans in the stands and Sporting Kansas City are allowed to have fans in the stands, um, I, I think it makes that much bigger of a difference. And who knows? If they get there, will Philadelphia or Toronto you know, still be there? Will Sporting have to go on the road? Or could MLS Cup be in Kansas City? Something you can at least dream of. And guys, real quick before we take a break, it's because Sporting went out and delivered and this is one of those games, guys. Tell you what, we need, we need to all journal in 2020. We need to write <laughs> down the things we were thinking when we were doing it, because this is where I was sitting when we called the Sporting KC first time for me broadcasting play-by-play -play from my basement on a laptop. Carter, you were there uh, at the, at the uh, Compass Minerals facility doing the call. And Allie, I know you and, you and the, the crew were on the post and, and everything, but not only were we doing a game in unique circumstances as broadcasters, and I'm really proud of that. I I'm proud of the way we all came together and pulled that off. I went back and watched it. I felt like it was a representative broadcast. Um, it it's a snow game, you know? I mean, it's this unforgettable snow game that sporting goes out and wins. We're going to be talking, guys, we're, we're going to get together in 10 years for a beer or whatever. And we're going to say, you guys remember that? <laughs> You remember that game and, and what a game it was, Carter, for Sporting to go out there and deliver. So different from a normal game. And we've heard from, from Peter Vermees and we, and we will hear from Ilya that the, the game plan changed from, you know, when they got there to getting out of the locker room. I, I, I talked with our, our guy, Jordan Burrell, who was there covering the game. And when he and the equipment bus got there, it, there was no snow on the, on the field. <laughs> right. And then by the time it starts – it's uh, it's snowing, and then the second half was just – I mean, that thing, it was dumping out there. And you see the picture of Tim uh, Melia. I think he was enjoying making some snow angels and stuff. And um, it seems like, you know, probably because they won, the players really enjoyed it. But, uh, Allie, I think this speaks to – and we've heard several times the, the character of this team to win games in different manners throughout the season um, and, and to go on the road, get a clean sheet, you get the goal right before halftime and right after. And I felt like, you know, that that stretch there really just broke the will of RSL. And it was uh, a stretch that is befitting a number one seed in the West uh, going into this game, knowing they need to win it. And and bam, they put it away just before and after halftime. 
I felt like they attacked like they knew the number one seed was on the line and they defended like they knew that the number one seed was on the line. And my biggest concern going into this game was where are the goals going to come from and, and how are they going to happen for both teams? Because the biggest concern in a snow game like this, and this is why I loved getting a chance to talk with Tamelia after the game about as a goalkeeper, what's your strategy going into a game where, yeah, you've played in the rain, you've played in maybe a, a snow drizzle. That was a blizzard. And especially by the end of the game, and hearing him talk about his focus on staying closer to his line, not making a mistake like we saw Ochoa do on Eric Hurtado's goal, coming out too far, giving Hurtado a perfect angle to, got to give him credit though, that was an aggressive, uh, you know, just play on Hurtado's part and an amazing finish on his part as well. So not taking anything away from that goal, but the goalkeeper didn't do himself any favors. And that was a game where Timelia's experience, I think, prevailed in a lot of ways, but it wasn't just his efforts. I mean, offensively as well, seeing how this team was just relentless in the attack because it looked like a frustrating, you know, first 15, 20 minutes in that game, trying to find out, you know, how to get the right pace on the ball, trying to get it under control. And so I was, I was just thoroughly impressed as my, I'm squinting watching this game. I don't know about you guys. My <laughs> eyes were, were kind of hurting, like with the, the snow and the, the foot tracks and everything, but all in all, that was the performance um, by, by a number one seed team. They went out, they got the job done and they had fun at the same time. I, I saw some tweets, Johnny Russell throwing snowballs at the start and, and just having fun with it. And that's what you have to do. When the circumstances are like that, you just have to go out. You have to rely on on your talent, trust your team, and and just have some fun because there's really nothing you got to throw. As Sporting did, their game plan out the window and completely change things on on the fly. Elie is going to join us, and look, this is one of the most thoughtful players that Sporting Kansas City have ever had. We we'll have a long conversation with him about a lot of things. So stay tuned, Elie. Next. And we continue with the Sporting Kansas City show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts and wherever you stream your video content. We appreciate you joining us as always. And we're very excited to be joined now by a man we haven't had a chance to talk to on this show in quite some time. Defensive midfielder for Sporting Kansas City. His name is Elie. Elie, how are you today? Thanks for joining us. Hello. I'm good. I'm doing good. Um using this day uh, off to um, reset and charge the batteries for what is coming. And what is coming is the MLS Cup playoffs starting on November 22nd. And we are going to get into all of that with you here in a little bit. But I did, uh, before we started this interview with you, you told us a little bit that you're, you've got some family in town right now. What can you tell us about that? Who's, who's in town visiting you right now? So my mom and my brother um, came in um, last week, uh, ready for the Minnesota game, but uh, we couldn't play it. So I'm a double happy, happier for, for um, having home playoff games coming soon so they can enjoy it with all of us. So how long are they in town and have you thought out yet from the snow game on Sunday? It looked pretty cold. What were, what were your family's thoughts watching you on TV? In yeah. that <laughs> they were watching it um, here in the basement and, and after the game, we talked a little bit and uh, my mom just started getting ready some um, warm bags for when I came back um, after the game because we flew right after the game and we, we land um, at midnight in Kansas City. So, um, yeah, it's happy to have this extra help for, for these kind of situations, but not, none of us expected uh, to be playing uh, in the snow. And uh, it was a um, fun experience, um, I think, uh, and I guess because we won the game. <laughs> but uh, the second half was really difficult uh, for us to, to do our job and, and to play. Have you ever played in a, in a game like that? No, no, no. I, I didn't compete uh, in a game, but I had uh, some practices um, back in Germany uh, in these conditions. And, um, you know, uh, we had this uh, German coach that was the coach um, for the second team at that time, but that took the position uh, as a head coach for the first team in Munich 1860. And he was uh, an old school coach. So as soon as he 
saw the snow, he just wanted to do some exercise that we had to go uh, down and, and try to do some uh, games where the um, losing team had to do some push-ups and, and get uh, pretty wet. So um, <laughs> I had some experience in, in practice, um, also hard experiences, but never having to compete and be focused on getting the result in the snow. So Peter Vermees said after the game that you guys had to change some of your tactics and the way that you play, obviously, because of those conditions. What were some of the biggest changes that you made in the way that you played because of the way the, the, the field was? Sorry, I'm laughing because this is a question that I don't know how to answer. Uh, we had uh, <laughs> uh, a great uh, chat before the game where the coach, so when we first arrived to the stadium, the field was perfect. It was green, wet. You could tell that the ball was going to move so fast. So five minutes before the warm-up, I came in and said um, in the locker room and the players' locker room, and um, his uh, chat was about, or his plan was about um, that we are gonna, we were gonna have the perfect conditions to do our normal game, um, trying to build up from the back, um, be the main team with the ball on the field and, and moving the ball fast to create chances. And as soon as we went out of the locker room, we saw all the snow and we couldn't believe. We were all laughing, saying, he, was he joking? We were asking <laughs> ourselves uh, what he meant by that. And um, Kerry and Z were uh, already on the field and, and they explained us that the coach had not been outside uh, prior the game or prior the, the chat. So we warmed up, um, uh, we did our best to, to, to get ready for the game. I uh, personally talked to Kevin, the, the referee uh, for the game, uh, about his intentions, if we were going to play or not, and, and he was pretty clear and, 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 and in the fact that he wanted to play and also that he, it was going to be the first time for him in the snow. Uh, <laughs> oh. and, and, and he is, with all my respect, but he's an old referee. So it has been more than 25 years uh, refereeing games and, and calling games. And, and it was the first time for him too. So um, we were sure that we were going to play. So as soon as we came back in the locker room after the warm-up, uh, the coach uh, started changing the plan and it was something that he did really well that he put in our minds that um, we were going to have to to adjust some of the uh, ideas and, and trying to play uh, behind them with the long balls and first or second touch um, and trying to get also in the forwards minds that they were going to have to make those runs for us to take advantage plus uh, set pieces that are always uh, important. So it's a kind of funny story or, or, or situation that uh, we had to adjust all the plan in, in just a warm-up. Well, and Ilya, it seemed to have worked out pretty well for you guys because you come <laughs> out with the win, you played a huge role in that first goal. So walk us through that one. It was, you know, you've got snow on the ground and it ended up picking up later on in the game. But what did you see there? And, and I don't know, how do you feel about Kyrie getting the credit. It looked like it just barely skimmed off of his ankle. Um, all the great for him. As soon as uh, we scored, um, we were celebrating with Johnny, Kadi, Luis. We were all there and, and we just um, talk about, he, he asked me if I saw that he touched it. And I say, <laughs> yeah, um, no doubt um, it's your goal. And, and um, I also went to the referee and tell him that uh, Kadi scored the goal because I mean, it was from my position, it was obvious that he touched it um, and that after that, it went through um, one of the Salt Lake defenders' uh, legs. So um, I'm happy that um, we took advantage of a set piece because we had uh, some uh, previous uh, set pieces where we could also um, score or at least we were uh, dangerous uh, with those. And um, we took advantage in the right time before the, the halftime. Well, it's uh, paid fruition and you guys get the three points. You, you went into the game knowing if you won, you get the one seed in the West. Um, oh, what a great, but yeah. also my lefty was working. You know what I mean? 
I got a good <laughs> a good hit. That's a good But, smack, man. It was a good strike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what I uh, told uh, the coach came to me after the game, and, and also with Kerry, and and they were uh, talking about uh, a game winner goal or whatever, and and I say that just give me the conditions with uh, an orange ball and with a lefty. Uh, shot on goal, <laughs> and I'm gonna score every game. So <laughs> there you go. that's what I need. <laughs> you know, you know what though, Ilya. The the first goal was the kind of goal I expected to see in that game. I thought any goals we will see tonight are going to be because of chaos in the penalty area where nobody can really control the ball or themselves. But the second goal was really a pretty goal and yeah. it started with your pass that one touch pass forward to to send uh Jalen Lindsay up the right hand side and then he made a great pass to uh, Eric Hurtado and he had a really good finish I didn't expect to see a goal like that mm -hmm. in those conditions can you take us back through that one and why were you guys able to pull that off even in those conditions that was a good one uh I think it was a nice combination play And it started with Johnny. Um, every time Johnny has the ball, uh, he pull with him at least one, but most of the times two or three defenders. And at that time, his defender and his defender and also Jalen defender went to press him. And I think um, it was because of the snow, because they thought that they he could not control the ball. Um, but uh, he did, and he uh, raised his head and saw me. And as soon as he saw me, he played me the ball, an early ball. And that's an easy ball for me to just play forward to, to Jalen um, because he played it so fast. And after that, um, the ball went through the snow pretty well. <laughs> it worked, um, didn't stop, and, and Jalen was uh, able to collect it and play a second Uh, long ball to Eric that I mean we when you have a striker like, like him that can run behind defense can um, have the pause to dribble the goalkeeper and also put it in uh, it makes the play look um, much better and, and also to get the, the final result but um, I think our combination play is something that um, we are used to do But of course, in the snow, um, none of us all suspect to, to have this kind of, of play. But it worked, so um, we are happy for that. It worked, and after the game, you get to celebrate in the locker room as first on top of the West again after having done it in 2018. But a really tough 2019. And after the game, Tim Mealy had talked about how he felt that 2019 season really galvanized this group, specifically the players that had been on that team in 2018 to 2019 and then now to 2020. How do you feel that that 2019 season with so many challenges and adversity helped this group achieve the success that they now have to this point in 2020? Here are two things that uh, are on my mind when I think about these kind of um, past situations. And first thing that this group has insight is that in 2018, um, we deserve it much more that um, losing the final conference at home. Uh, I think that team didn't deserve that end um, of that season. But we also um, have insight that the next year in 2019, the playoff um, format change uh, to a knockout round games that probably if we would have had that in 2018, the story would have ended different. Um, we had to go play in Portland um, and we had to play back in Children's Mercy Park three days later, um, putting us in a position where we traveled to Portland and then back in three days and having them just to travel one time to KC to play that game. So um, this maybe sound like an excuse or, or something to justify the result, but um, it's not easy when you have the home field advantage and uh, you actually don't have it because you have to travel twice when the team that um, 
is coming to your place um, after the first game, just have to travel once. So this, just, this is something that we had inside in 2018, that in 19, we couldn't take advantage of this um, format change. And um, I think that this 2020, um, all these um, conditions are in our favor um, to be able to um, not have an excuse and uh, try to perform and do our best um, to get the job done. So um, I think that the team reacted uh, pretty well and um, but I don't think we have a different mentality or um, we are a different players. We are at the same group. We had some great players um, in the squad. And I think that uh, we have the longest squad uh, since I've arrived here. But um, I don't want to say that the last year was uh, something that um, we deserved or that, or that we wanted because uh, we also fought for um, getting the results. Um, it just uh, didn't happen. And um, that's why we are uh, so happy that this year we we at least uh, did the first step um, to get the the bigger uh, result at the end. Well, I, want, I want to talk about something you just mentioned there, the depth, how deep this squad is this year. Um, you're looking around at all the conversations going around about all the awards given out at the end of the year. And I, I don't think there are many Sporting KC guys getting in these conversations. And, and we can talk about that. But I think what that shows is being first in the West You've had guys step up, all different guys, all year long, and it seems like you really have used the entire depth of that bench and that's the entire squad. Um, Johnny Russell has talked about you guys have won games in all different situations, all different types of games as well, so you're equipped for the different types of battles. Um, can you can you maybe talk about the feeling in the squad of of every single player on this team really does seem like they've they've made an impact this season? I think um, we have a group of guys that um, we all know how to get ready for the games. And um, also, I have to say that um, the staff that is around the team um, is working very hard for us to be able um, to have those conditions um, that then we can use um, to get ready for the games. Um, other than that, I think that the quality of each player um, talks uh, by itself and, and that um, we've been lucky that um, the coach had enough um, alternatives um, with the players to be able to put a plan for each game. The season had been um, long and difficult and um, also I think that um, back in Orlando um, we could have done a longer run. Uh, we just had uh, a bad day against Philadelphia but um, for the most part of the year um, we feel that no matter who is playing, we are going to perform. The result is something that um, you fight for, but you cannot control. But uh, getting closer to um, control it, um, I think we are doing it because of these um, different uh, players that can play um, each game. We're visiting with Elie and Hey, that Philadelphia team went on to win the Supporter Shield, so who knows? Maybe we'll see a rematch in the MLS Cup Final. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, Sporting Kansas City are there to make that happen. I, I don't um, want them, Nate, because okay. that would mean that we are not playing KC. That's right. Cup. So that's right. We don't want to see Philadelphia and Toronto doing a long run. If we are, if we, if they do that, we are going to take them and we're going to go there and try to win. But um, I think also KC people. Uh, deserve to have a, a final at home. No we doubt are. about it. We're, we're rooting for that big time. We know it's going to be home games until the MLS Cup final. And like you said, if 
Philadelphia and, and uh, Toronto get knocked off, then it'd be right here. That's how it worked out in 2013. So it's definitely possible. Uh, we're visiting with Elie, and I want to I want to go back to you, you mentioned what happened in Orlando. Right after that, you went home to Barcelona, and you were gone for about a month, and you came back. and And Carter and Ali and I have talked about how, in our estimation, watching you, you have seemed like you have taken your game to a different level, even than the great Elie we've always known here. Do you? feel that way do you feel you've been a different player since coming back from Barcelona yes I do I'm not different because I'm the same guy and and I think that my abilities are the same but um there are some things that maybe affected my game since I'm back um and right now I feel that if I can do my job and I can be good at doing that um, the team can uh, take advantage of the situation and what I'm doing on the field. Um, and this is with all of us. We, we all have our um, jobs or part of the job to do. And, and I think that we are all doing it. Um, it's not just me or my position, but I'm feeling um, really good on the field and around, around my teammates. Um, and maybe one of the reasons why is that when I was in Barcelona, I watched five of the games um, there with, with my family. And from the outside, and also seeing someone else like Busio playing in my position, um, I could learn from that. And I could um, understand what I was not doing right or what I could do better or more to help the team in, in every situation. I really studied the games that I was not on the field um, since September, that was when I was in Barcelona. Um, I think I played all the games for this team, so I couldn't really watch someone else playing in my position. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because even you go to other teams and, and watch defensive midfielders or, or or midfielders or, or center backs um, is not what Peter asked a defensive midfielder to do. So the only guy that I could compare with uh, since I arrived here in this team, it was myself. And honestly, I always try to learn from, from myself and my past games, but also um, seeing uh, Busio doing a really good job in that position but also understanding what he was not doing right on the field, I could compare with also my uh, performances. So um, I think that uh, helped me to understand um, what this team needs from, from a defensive midfielder and also uh, what can I um, add to that uh, position and to the, to the team to, to, to help get the result and also um, to help Busio to be closer to the number nine uh, and to the goal, uh, because I think that he's very dangerous also in, in that, that those positions. So, yeah. So, Ilya, what are some of the positives that you learned from watching Busio? Um, I think that um, it's something that I knew before just by playing next to him. And um, he knows all the time where he should be on the field in relation to the ball, to his teammates, and to the opponent. And that's something that, I don't know, maybe you learn by watching soccer, maybe you learn it from your coaches, but you also have it inside. And um, he has this ability. You can call Busio for being a great uh, playmaker, for being strong defensively, for uh, having a, a, a range shot um, to score from, from distance. But in my opinion, his best quality is um, the ability to know where to be on the field all time. And I think, Nate, this is something that we talked about when we um, broadcast that um, game with Busio and Johnny Russell uh, back in, in when the quarantine starts. And um, we were talking about this um, that, and I think I made the joke 
that I, I didn't want to see Busio playing my position <laughs> because then I would be out. But um, <laughs> luckily for me, it's working that we both can be on the field and have the team uh, from different positions. So he's really good, Ali, and, and in being um, in the right place in the right time. Well, I think it's going to take some doing to knock you out of the lineup now, uh, Ilya, after you come back in. I'll say that much. Um, Thank you, and, and, and now, you guys, with the one seed, you got a little bit of a break here now, two weeks uh, between the games, and, and you're hosting San Jose Earthquakes. And 2020, weird year, and you'll be playing a Western Conference team that you haven't seen on the field this year. Um, what's that aspect going to be like? And, and have you gotten a chance to, to break down the earthquakes yet? Or are you still kind of uh, building up to that? They're um, very different and difficult team to play against. Um, I think it's something that I've never seen before in any team that I've been part of or that I played against. Um, but I also like the opportunity to play against them because I have inside something that the coach said when we were in Orlando and he said that this team was the best team in our conference and that they were showing the best shape in our league. So I know that they struggled a little bit for a while for three, four games in a row, but that's not something that I'm going to stay with because you also have always have up and downs in a season and they I think that that was one of the downs so I I really think that they are a great team and that um, inside we all want to show uh, the coach that we are the best team and and we have the best shape um, coming to this game so it's a big opportunity for us um, to move uh, on the playoffs at home and also to play uh, a difficult team. Well, they do play that unique system of, of man marking all over the field. And I was about to ask you if you've ever played any teams in, in Spain or, or Germany like that. So clearly not. Um, how difficult is it to, I assume when you're preparing for a team, you try to get your scout team to mimic the style of play that you're going to see. Is it hard to replicate that in practice? Will you guys be able to, to imitate what they do so that you guys can be prepared for it in a week and a half when you play? I think we will be able to do it. We have to do it. But um, we cannot, in my opinion, I think that when we are going to do it, we cannot make it long because these are... Um, really demanding efforts. And I think that um, for training, you have to get the idea. But um, first of all, physically, you don't want to burn your legs uh, before the game. But also, you don't want to put a lot of um, emphasis and, and, and you don't want to make it a big deal. Because at the end, we also are a team that uh, needs to be we need to be ourselves and we need to play our game and, and try to, to overcome their style of play with our style of play. We are playing at home and we need to show um, everybody that um, we are going to be the main team on the field. So we're going to practice that to not be surprised in case the things don't go our way. Uh, and try to surprise them. But at the end, um, we will have to be ourselves to be able to win the game. And Ilya, a big part of being Sporting Kansas City and playing your style of play is the mentality that you bring to the field. How would you rate or assess the team's mentality right now heading into this 2020 postseason? I think that we should not change much from what we have been doing. Um, we will have to find the way to get the result, especially now that it's just um, move or, or go home. And um, yeah, we are in a good place. We trust ourselves, we trust our staff. And um, in my opinion, we should be doing the same things that we've been doing for the last few months um, after coming back from, from Orlando. So um, yeah. 
be together, play as a team, and, and try to do the best individually to have an impact on the team. Well, that's pretty well said. My, I think my final question is, um, as a Barcelona guy, are you going to watch the U.S. men's national team now that uh, they're, they're two, <laughs> two, uh, two Barcelona guys in, in the squad this week? <laughs> they are good. They are, they are doing really good. Um, Barcelona fans, we are so happy um, to have them in the squad. And I think that um, for them, it's going to be just, uh, you know, and, and up. Um, direction and, and I think that uh, they can learn a lot from being in Barcelona and, and with those players around but also um, we are gonna um, take advantage of having that kind of quality and, and energy coming from from the US so thank you <laughs> for that <laughs> thank you for that I've been asking uh, Busio, Jalen, um, Duki um, this kind of uh, young players that we have in the team, if they had been around them in, in national team um, uh, under whatever um, teams, and, and they said they are, they are good guys and that um, they're in touch, so good. <laughs> My last question for you, Ilya, on that note, since you were just back in Barcelona, you, you spent your whole life growing up in the, in the system at Barcelona, you know a lot of people there. We're seeing young Americans get these opportunities, not just at, at some of the big leagues in Europe, but some of the biggest clubs in Europe now. Barcelona, Juventus, uh, Borussia Dortmund, uh, Chelsea, play, places like that. For our entire lives, that was always considered American. Young Americans were not ready for that. That was the, the, the perception. Did you talk to anybody in Barcelona or, 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 or in the clubs over there about young American players, do they ask your, you your opinion? And, and if so, what would you tell them? It's exciting for, for all of us here and also back in Barcelona. I think it's, um, I don't know how to call it, but a, a plus quality uh, to add um, to a player right now when you see someone doing good on the field, but also that you know that it's from the U.S., um, maybe back in the days, uh, 5, 10, 15 years ago, that was not uh, a quality that um, you would add to your profile. But right now, I think that um, main clubs in Europe are looking for good players first, but also if they come from the US and they open the market and they are seeing that they can perform and do the job um, even better than, than, than young players from their countries, um, they're going to bet on, on these players. Um, you know, I have a great relationship with a lot of people in, in Barcelona, still in the club. Um, there are many people in the scouting team that um, were uh, there when I was playing for them. And, and, and I have a good relationship. And uh, yeah, I got some calls asking for um, American players, asking for uh, players in my team. So, um, and the same, the same that I say to them about them, I say to my team, if you're ever going to think about selling one of these players, one of my teammates, please go first to Barcelona. So we all can <laughs> take advantage of the situation and the deal. And, and um, um, I think that this would be amazing. But at the same time, um, we need to keep uh, trying to build and, and, and um, teach uh, new um, young players because we have the foundation uh, with the kids in the US for after that um, build uh, really good players uh, with a great mentality. So yeah, from both sides, we are getting the connection. So happy for that too. <laughs> hey, building those deals for the future, I love it. <laughs> well, hey. I'll tell you what, my, go ahead, go ahead, Ilya. No, you say? I mean, I, I'm still just a single soccer player, but, uh, you know, I would be uh, so happy for some of my teammates that I know that they have the potential for one day to be uh, even bigger players than, than they are today. I think that they can still learn a lot from, from Sporting KC, still can help the club um, to get our goals. And I think that also 
not just individual players. Also, the U.S. soccer is growing so fast and is getting to a, a high level um, to be able to compare it soon with uh, the biggest leagues in the world. So, you know, it's going to be um, a personal choice at the end for them because at the same time, who tells you that you won't be able to get to the same level playing here than playing there in a very short time. So, um, yeah, happy for for being around this um, soccer culture that is growing so fast in, in the U.S. Super exciting. I will tell you as we wrap it up, my biggest takeaway, guys, in terms of things going both ways, this is for all of us, a learning moment here. Not only can Gianluca Busio learn from a veteran like Elie, Elie can learn from Gianluca Busio. And the learning process never stops. And, and I think that is so profound, listening to a veteran who's played all over the world, like Elie, talking about how he learned from watching a 17, 18-year-old kid out on the field. Uh, you put that ego aside, you watch, we all continue to grow and learn. And, and I thought that was really, really great stuff. Elie, thank you so much for the time. I'm glad your, your, uh, your brother and your mom are here. They're good luck for us all. So hopefully they get to, to watch you guys all the way to MLS Cup. Hopefully we can bring them and, and, and all of us uh, what we deserve and what we fight for during the, the whole season. So thank you for having me. It was a pleasure, uh, as always, and anytime. One of the true class acts in all of franchise history, Elie, right there. We're going to take a break and wrap things up right after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show. All right, back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show. Nate Bucati along with Ali Trostin, Carter, Augustine. And I can sit there and listen to Elie talk. We just decided to do most of the show with Elie because uh, he could give us so much more than we could, guys. But he, he wrapped things up there by talking about this game against San Jose. Uh, playoff tickets, by the way, go on sale to the public on Thursday. SportingKC.com. If you want to see if there are any tickets available, obviously still limited capacity, all the social distancing regulations are still going to be in effect for the playoffs uh guys they've done a really good job at children's mercy park through the course of this year of maintaining those strict guidelines but they've also done a really good job of, of creating an atmosphere at children's mercy park and i think it's going to be really something to see when we uh, when we roll around to the postseason here in a week and a half carter well that's just a credit to sporting kc fans who you know the the, the limited percentage and they the players have all said they they hear and are boosted by the support. It's been fantastic. Yeah, and like you said, a credit to Sporting Kansas City for getting it done, and, and a credit to the fans for for coming out. It, it is unusual for the fan experience as well as it is for the players, the media, everyone else that's there. But I think it just goes to show how great this fan base is, and, and how cool you guys to have playoff football in Kansas City yet again in, in the year 2020. It's been a it's been a challenging year, but I think uh, Kansas City fans, as Vermees said, the city deserves it, the fans deserve it, and the team deserves it as well. So going to be really exciting. And this is the first time for us guys with knockout round playoff soccer. Yeah. You know, this and I, we've had the, the play in games in the playoffs in the past that have been one and done. But this time around, every single round, win or go home Carter I know that you've you've long talked about how maybe the best sporting drama that there is is knockout round soccer yeah I mean the world cup can't beat it um and you know we heard Peter Vermees talk about it sure they haven't been in it in MLS yet but most uh, most of the staff a lot of the players have played in, in knockout competitions throughout their careers and um it's going to be exciting but it's also you know it's anything can happen and you're playing against, and, and then we talked about it, the, the difference between this and a normal year is you would have seen San Jose at, at least twice uh, in a normal year and, and kind of measured yourself against them instead of seeing them play on TV. And then, you know, you have to do the comparisons of maybe similar opponents and then how you matched up. But uh, that means it's a bit of 
of a new thing that Sporting Kansas City is going to have to to play against this Sporting Kansas City team this year playing up against a team they haven't played before. And it's such a unique team, as we heard from Ilya just then, um, really unique in, in terms of the world and MLS and how they play. Uh, maybe Alan Polito has some tips against his former coach that he'll, he'll share with the team, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. Like the, the of course, the storybook, uh, Alan Polito going up against Matias Almeida in, in there as well. So there'll be plenty of storylines too. Yeah, that's a fun one. And, you know, going back to the MLS's back tournament, this was a team that manager Peter Vermees was very high on, you know, giving, giving them a lot of credit saying that this was his favorite to do well in the tournament because of, of the format of the tournament. And if you think about it, it's kind of similar to a playoff, you know, he talked about it, it being one and done. It's like an entirely new season. So I think this is going to be a really unique matchup and I know we'll probably get into it more on next week's show, but just the way that San Jose plays and, and how difficult they, they can make it for teams on the attack. But if you look at sporting's pieces and their depth, I, I think the key for the sporting team and, and how we'll remember this season, regardless outside of COVID, of course, is just the depth that, that's been on display for this team and how crucial that's been in carrying them to the number one seed and to where they're at in the playoffs right now. So I'm excited to see how, how sporting will create some mismatches in, in this one to, to find, to find opportunities to score. Cause what we've seen with this San Jose team is once, once the floodgates open and teams can get a couple of goals on them, it, they lose bad, you know? So I, I think this sporting team at, at the rate that they're scoring goals and, and finding, you know, different players on the field to, to find the back of the net. I think it, it could be, it's a game that could go a lot of different ways, but I, I think that Burmese will have them adequately prepared and, and Polito might have some valuable tips as well, Carter, like you said. And, and San Jose played some wild games down in Orlando too. That San Jose Vancouver game was just one of the Nuts. nuttiest games I've ever seen in my life. So who knows? I don't know if our, if uh, look, I'm, I'm still recovering from this virus here. I don't know if my heart can take something like that. We'll wait and see, but uh, it should be a lot of fun guys. Thanks so much for the time as always. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Elie was great today. Our thanks to him for joining us on the show. And we'll see you again next week as we get ready for the first round of the playoffs right here on the Sporting Kansas City Show.